Uh, turn your Bible to uh, Luke chapter 16, verse 19. Uh, Luke chapter 16, verse 19. Um, we... <clears throat> Ministers decided to do the uh, study or sermon uh, on the on some parables that are not uh, very frequently uh, studied. Uh, so I decided to do on the parable of the rich man and Lazarus. Um, as I picked uh, this one. Uh, Kyle kindly let me know that there are some brothers who believe that this is not a parable, but a true story. But <clears throat> I don't think uh, I will focus on the discussion uh, to you know, decide if it is a parable or a true story. But I will uh, focus on the main idea of the parable. What is the uh, main point of the parable? So um, please understand that, you know, I, 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 I'm kind of in the middle between viewing this as a parable and as a true story. But, you know, so this, that is not the point of this uh, study tonight. So this parable, the rich man and Lazarus. Um, okay. Um, I think uh, it is uh, very important for us to uh, get the main idea of uh, scripture. Uh, a scripture. Uh, sometimes we take a small portion of it and teach or study from it. Uh, but still, that passage, we call it passage, the passage has main idea in it. You know, the pas what the passage really tries to uh, tell us is the main idea. I mean, there, are, there can be many points. There can be many other things that we can learn, we can study from the passage. Uh, even though they are not the main idea, main point of the passage. But uh, main point or main idea of a passage or a uh, you know, chapter or a book is the most important thing that we have to get from the study of the Bible, study of Scripture. So uh, I think I will focus on... Uh, Figuring out, uh, figuring out the main idea of the parable or st uh, story of the rich man and Lazarus. Uh, main idea is the main thing of the certain passage or scripture. That's what we have to get as we study the passage or scripture. And 
I believe, I believe the most powerful lesson about a scripture is one to convey the main idea to the audience through the textual study. That's, that is my belief. And for that, you know, understanding the passage, understanding the scripture is very, uh, you know, necessary way to get it, get it. So what we try to do is to hit the mark, the bullseye. So what is the main idea? It's like as you uh, help your children read books, after they have read the books, what would you ask to them? You know, what does the book say? What did you get from the book? Or what is the book about? Things like that. That's uh, the question that you are asking about the main idea, uh, or not objectively the main idea, but, uh, you know, the main idea that the you know, reader would think that it is the main idea. So, um, why I think it is important for us to get the main idea of this parable is that there are many other uh, points that we can learn or we can look at as the main idea of this parable, as if this parable was given, uh, was taught by Jesus to give that idea. For example, is it about how we have to deal with wealth? Is it about how we have to deal with poor people? Is it about the afterlife? Yeah. We can find those things in this parable, but are they the main point that Jesus is trying to teach through this parable? That's the question that you know, I would like you to have in mind as we go through this study. So, for us to get uh, what is the main idea? We need to ask another question. Why did the rich man fall into hate? What brought that man into hate? So that's the thing that we need to uh, you know, ask uh, to understand this parable or the story. So let's get into that. Uh, verse 19 says, There was a rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen and who feasted sumptuously every day. And at his gate was laid a poor man named Lazarus, covered with sores, who desired to be fed with what fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, even the dogs came and licked his sores. The poor man died and was carried by the, by the angels to Abraham's side. 
the rich man also died and was buried, and in Hades, being in torment, he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham far off and Lazarus at his side. And he called out, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and sent Lazarus to dip the end of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am in anguish in this flame. Okay, let's stop here. And uh, from here, we can uh, get some hints uh, that help us to answer the question, why did the rich man fall into hate? First of all, rich man was rich, right? Rich man was rich. That's why the you know, text says he's a rich man. But I don't think it's the reason why he had to go to hate. If, if it is the reason that he had to go to hate, then what about Abraham? Abraham was probably richer than this man. But Abraham is in the other side of hate. So the richness itself is not the reason that the person should go to hate. He was clothed in purple and fine linen, the clothes that uh, very wealthy and powerful people used in those days. So he was you know, kind of enjoying the luxurious lifestyle that was coming from his rich. But is that the reason? What about Solomon? Solomon was arrayed, according to what Jesus said, Solomon was arrayed in all splendid. But he, we don't think that Solomon had to go to haste because of that, right? And he, the rich man, feasted sumptuously every day. He feasted luxuriously every day. Is it the reason for him to go to hate? I don't think so. You know, even if some, even some poor people enjoy parties, you know, not necessarily uh, orgies or some, you know, drinking parties, but parties. We, we can enjoy parties. We can enjoy gatherings. Okay, we we enjoy potluck party, we enjoy, you know, eating, we, we enjoy, you know, gatherings and enjoy the gatherings. Everything that we do like that can be called like party. So that is not the reason for the rich man uh, to go to hate. But, verse 20, And at his gate was laid a poor man named Lazarus. Okay. Here comes the problem. At his gate, uh, the door of his house, the rich man's house, was like this. I mean, not exactly like this, 
but it was a gate to a huge property. So the word that the scripture uses for the rich man's house gate was one that uh, the scripture uses for a palace or a temple or a mansion or a city gate. So it's totally different word like uh, from the, the word that we describe the doors like this. The gate is huge door. It's a portal to a huge property. So at his gate, at his gate, was laid a poor man named Lazarus. Here, uh, I am using uh, ES, ESV, English Standard Version. It says, was laid a poor man named Lazarus. Was laid in original language uh, is uh, had been put. Lazarus, probably he was not able to move for himself. He had to be helped to go somewhere he wants to go. So somebody had put him before the gate of the rich man. So Lazarus was laid, had been put by somebody. Okay, so probably he could not move by himself. And let's continue. Later, a poor man, he, is, he was a poor, he was poor, named Lazarus, covered with sores. He had some health, uh, you know, health issues. Uh, here, covered with sores. Covered is a perfect participle. Perfect participle means that he had that problem for a long time. It started in the past and it is going on now. So perfect participle means that it is a kind of chronic health issue. And it was, he was full of sores. It, the, the word literally means full of sores, covered with sores. You know sores. Job was covered by sores, covered with sores when he was suffering. So sores was, uh, was a, a very difficult health issue that could be, you know, that could be deal, dealt in the past, in these days. So he was covered with sores, and it was a long problem. It was a chronic, long health issue. Verse 21 says, who desired to be fed with what fell from the rich man's table. Here's, here comes the word uh, we need to, uh, you know, get into a little bit deeper. Desi who desired, ESV uses who desired, but the original language says that desiring, desiring to be fed. And it is present participle. Present participle means constantly he was in the state. 
constant state. Imagine, think about this. If Lazarus could have something to eat, then he would not desire at some point because he was he satisfied. He was satisfied. But he could not satisfy, I mean, he couldn't be filled with food. So he constantly desired for food. In other words, this gives us a very uh, important hint why, uh, why the you know, uh, rich man had to, go to, had to fall into the hate. He didn't give any food to Lazarus. That's why Lazarus was always hungry. Always hungry. Somebody had put him at his gate thinking that Lazarus could get something to eat that might fall from rich man's table. But he was not fed. Almost at all. Until he has to feel constant hunger for food. I can imagine, you know, I can imagine if somebody is at my gate, at my, not gate, at, at my house door, at, my, at the door of my, you know, property, and he looks like, uh, you know, very hungry, and also he has a lot of health issues, then how can I pass him without doing anything? How much bitterness is involved here? How much apathy should involve here for the person to, I mean, to close his eyes to that person? That's, that's what happened. Moreover, even the dogs came and licked his sores. Moreover, even the dogs came and licked his sores. Okay. Lazarus was there, but he was hungry. Moreover, dogs came and licked his sores. What does it mean? So it's moreover. I looked up the internet and uh, found that King James Version, New King James Version, and this English Standard Version uh, translates the word into moreover as if this sentence is adding to something that was said already. But it was not the original language. The original language is Allah. Allah means however, but, or at least, things like that. So it is uh, adversative. It is a kind of idea that is contrary to the former you know, idea. So what is the former idea? Lazarus was constantly hungry and he was you know, sick. He was you know, sick and hungry. But dogs came and licked his sores. In other words, 
the rich man didn't do anything for him, but those did something. So I looked up the, uh, you know, some uh, articles about dogs licking. Why dog licks sores? And when dogs, I don't know uh, if you keep dogs. If you keep dogs, you will know this. When they get some wound, they licks the wound. Because the modern uh, uh, medicine found that uh, the you know saliva of the animals have some antibiotic elements in it, so instinctively they lick their wounds to heal the wound. So the dogs helped Lazarus. Licking was not threatening or bothering Lazarus. Some commentators say that, but I don't think so. So that's why they probably uh, translated the word Allah, which is adversative conjunction into moreover. So it is a kind of misinterpretation, I believe. So what do you think? Jesus already told the parable of the Good Samaritan. Samaritans were treated unclean, I mean, as unclean by the, you know, Jewish people in those days. And they were thinking Samaritans like dogs because Jewish people thought dogs are unclean animals. The people who the Jewish people regarded as unclean did a great thing. The Good Samaritan did a great thing. The pleasing thing to God. Like this. Here, dogs, the unclean animal, are doing something great. I mean, this is my take. I mean, this is my understanding. Mm, but I think this is the contrast, huge contrast in this story. Dogs and the rich man. And this gives us an idea why the rich man had to, I mean, had to fall into hate. He was, he is being compared with dogs, and he was less, he was worse than dogs. So, uh, the poor man died and was carried by the angels uh, to Abraham's side. The rich man also died and was buried. And in haze being torment, he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham far off and Lazarus at his side. You know what? He recognized Lazarus. Even when he was far off, in hate. In other words, he knew him. He knew who Lazarus was. In other words, we can guess that he absolutely knew that Lazarus was at his gate. 
this is another thing that tells us the reason. You know, how how much bitterness is here for the rich man not to pay attention to Lazarus, even though he know he knew his name, even though he knew that he was sick. He didn't help Lazarus. He was so bitter. He was so you know stubborn, and he was so. Uh, you know, uh, ap- ap- uh, you know, indifferent and apathetic. And he called out, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and sent Lazarus to dip the end of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am in anguish in this flame. But Abraham said, the child, Remember that you in your lifetime received your good things and Lazarus in like manner bad things. But now he is comported here and you are in anguish. Sorry. He closed his eyes. The rich man closed his eyes to Lazarus who was sitting at his gate, who was, you know, hungry, who was sick. And, you know, like I pointed out, the word desiring means that Lazarus had constant hunger because he was not fed. And dogs. But here, we can find another reason. So, one, one reason that we can uh, think about why the rich man had to fall into hate is that he closed his eyes to his neighbor, to his poor, needy, sick neighbor. Even though he had a lot of money, he had a lot of resources, he didn't use that resources, that worth in God's way. But the other reason, there is another reason, or the more important reason. Abram said in verse 25, but Abram said, child, remember that you in your lifetime received your good things. Okay, here. Verse uh, 25 says, you in your lifetime received your good things. This word is very simple, but I think it, here we can find the idea uh, that Jesus taught in the Sermon on the Mount. In your right lifetime, the rich man received something in his lifetime when he was living on earth. What did he get? What did he receive? His good things. The things that he thinks good. In other words, the things that he wants to get as reward. He desired the reward, the good things on this earth. And he received it in his lifetime on earth. That, that 
tells us that his value, something that he values for his life, was on earth, was wor- or, uh, worldly thing, was an earthly thing. He got it. He received, I mean, he received in his lifetime his good things. His, I mean, you are here, but his, his own good things, not God's good things. That's why he had everything on this earth, so he doesn't have anything to receive in heaven. From this phrase, we can guess that the rich man had a worldly, worldly uh, mindset, worldly uh, desire, and he was fulfilled because he had worth and he was satisfied and he enjoyed the luxurious life from the worth and he was satisfied with it. And, you know, he enjoyed his life every day that was coming from the wealth, even closing his eyes to other people, to his neighbors, to God's commandments. Because he was, he think he was, because he was thinking that he was receiving his reward, what he wants on this earth. I think this is the, uh, one of the biggest reasons why he had to go to hate. He didn't appreciate God. He didn't appreciate God's teaching. He didn't appreciate God's commandment. He was just worldly. He was just uh, satisfied with everything in this world, in his lifetime. And you know, I think I have here, you know, in Romans chapter 8, verse 7, it says, For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. So he couldn't, he couldn't meet God's, you know, commandments. He couldn't, he couldn't even, uh, Consider seriously God's words, God's commandments. He was wicked. He was just worldly. However, the biggest reason is coming why he had to go to Hades. 26, verse 26. And besides all this, between us and you, a great chasm has been fixed in order that those who would pass from here to you may not be able, and none may cross from here, uh, from there to us. And he said, the rich man said, Then I beg your father to send them to my father's house, for I have five brothers, so that he may warn them, lest they also come into this place of torment. He says, please send Lazarus and uh, please have him warn my brothers so that they would not come 
to this place. And he continues, 29, But Abram said, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And he says this, verse 30, And he said, No, Father Abraham, but if someone goes to them from the dead, they will repent. He knew the reason. He knew what to do, not to go to hate. He knew that he had to repent. But he, did, he didn't. Absolutely, he didn't. He didn't repent. That's the direct reason that he had to go to hate. But here's the reason why he didn't uh, repent, even though the law and prophets constantly teach that one has to repent. Verse 28, he says, For I have five brothers so that he may warn them, lest they also come into this place of torment. Here, the word warn means testify strongly. Not just testify, but, just, but testify very strongly. From this word, we can get his idea. Okay, I know the law and the prophets, but they didn't warn me strong enough that I would have repented. That is, that is his probably mindset. So he is asking Abraham to send Lazarus to warn his brothers, I mean, to warn his brothers, testify strongly. No, it's not enough. You know, testify stronger. He's saying like that. So one thing he thinks about, uh, he thinks about how, can, how can one testify stronger? You know, if someone, uh, someone is raised from the dead and go to them and testify what it is, then they will, they will accept it. But Abram said, no, 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 no. They will not if they don't obey the law and the prophets. So the idea that the rich man had, or, you know, he, that he excuses about his, uh, his fail, uh, failing to repent, is that, no, the law and the prophets didn't, weren't, didn't testify me strong enough. That's why I didn't repent. So the direct reason that he had to go to Hayes was that he didn't repent. Why? He didn't think the, what the law and the prophets teach was not enough, was not sufficient, was not true enough, or was not strong enough. So he is begging Abraham to send Lazarus to, you know, testify more, you know, stronger to their brothers, to his brothers. And Abraham says, and he said, no, I mean, uh, verse 31, he said to him, if they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be convinced if someone should rise from the dead. So 
I think this is the reason why he didn't repent. And because he didn't repent of his sins, of his you know, sinful lifestyle, he had to go to Hades. And now, we need to go to the you know, main idea. What is the main idea of this parable? Obviously, repent. Repent of your sins before it's too late. Repent. If you don't repent of your sins, you will go to a haze and your fate is fixed. There is a great chasm between haze and paradise. You can exchange it. Exchange your fate. Nobody can do it. So repent as you have time, as you have the opportunity. Repent. But in this parable, Jesus uses rich man and Lazarus. And Jesus is saying also uh, that, you know, if we are blind to the worldly things, worldly values, worldly desires, we will not pay attention to the gospel. We will not be able to see the truthfulness of the gospel. And we will not do anything for us to go to heaven. So what Jesus is saying is that, you know, get out of that worldly desire and listen to the law and the prophets. For our case, listen to the gospel, listen to the word of God and repent in time before it is too late. I hope you got it. I hope you got it. You know, very simple. But you know, there are a lot of other uh, points that we can make from this parable. But as I said, I believe you know, getting the main idea of a text is the strongest power that we can get from the scripture. If we miss it, even if we get other things, other, you know, minor things from the scripture, it may not be so powerful. So, this parable, by this parable, Jesus strongly teaches us that we have to repent in time as we have the opportunity. Okay, so that's the message of this parable. So again, um, you know, just follow this teaching. The Pharisees didn't repent. Pharisees, in Jesus' time, it, some audiences were Pharisees, and they were so stubborn. They thought they were just right, righteous, and they didn't have anything to repent. So that's why Jesus is constantly, constantly teaching that you have to repent. So we are the same, you know. Even if we are Christians, you know, we sin and we have to repent. And if we are not, if some of us are not Christians, 
we have to repent to be Christians before it is too late. So tonight would be the best or earliest opportunity for those who did not repent yet to repent. So I'm inviting you to repent tonight if you didn't repent of your sins while we stand and sing. Tis the fountain of 